0: Bloody Bloody Bloody
1: Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watched tonight.co.uk And joining me as ever from across the pond, he's a statesman to my kinsman. It's John Burke from Burke Reviews. How are you, my friend?
0: I'm doing pretty well, Matt. How about yourself, sir?
1: Hot and bothered, but loving life because uh, we've been indulging in a lot of films in the last few weeks. But I can't complain though, dude. Uh, How's Florida? How how
0: are things? I'm in the middle of a uh, thunderstorm right now, uh, so hoping we don't lose power. It is the second one in two days. It rained real hard last night. Um, my dog is freaking out, but I gave him an anxiety pill, so hopefully he'll calm down because uh, he does not handle thunder well. Um, it's still, though, despite the uh, the rain, it is still registering at 90 degrees right now, so we're also hot. But um, unlike you, sir, I, I have the fortunate nature of having AC. Um, I don't know how you do it. I would I would probably die. Oh,
1: I, I said to JB off air, and I have no shame in saying it, just when we came on to record, I was a puddle of sweat as I was recording... Um another show beforehand in my hallway with no windows and no air con or no fan for uh, a variety of reasons. But now I'm back in my usual haunt and I have a window open. So I'm slightly less sweaty now. Um, and here it is about 90 degrees here about two hours ago. So for once I kind of feel your pain, but you do have the joy of, of air con. And um, if anyone's wondering, this isn't a weather show, but we do like to talk about how hot we are and kind of compare yes. the crap weather over here in United Kingdom. But Uh, This episode of the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, this episode, uh, we're doing something slightly different. We are actually going to be uh, previewing the upcoming Fantasia International Film Festival. Uh, John and myself have been lucky enough to have been uh, accredited with press credentials, so we've been checking out a lot of these films early. We're not going to be speaking necessarily about the films in depth because there's that little thing called an embargo. But uh it, i was dead pleased to be able to get to cover these films for fantasia and uh as far as i'm aware so are you john
0: be- very much um i've i've gotten to cover a few festivals over the years uh since starting berk reviews and um you know uh normally i'm limited to location right like because mm-hmm. i can't always afford to travel far away uh the first festival i ever got to go to was the florida film festival which is about an hour from where i live but um Going to one based out of Quebec, for example, has always been a dream, but impossible. Mm. And I guess this is the one positive of having a pandemic is that all these film festivals have gone online this year. Um, and so, movies that I would never have got to see this year suddenly have become open to us because of all these digital festivals. And, uh, listener, if you didn't know this was happening, this is, I think, the fourth online festival that I've encountered so far. In fact, the Florida Film Festival right now is online. Um, and I, I've, I partook in the, I think it was a Japanese film festival and a uh, little Cambodia festival. I, I rented some movies from there. Um, it's, it's, a, it's cheaper than a lot of the uh, theater rentals. Like it's usually, I've seen the prices fluctuate from like seven to $15 to rent a movie, depending on the, the festival and depending on the movie. Um, but there are, uh, there's opportunities afoot that we wouldn't have had. I mean, look, you're in, you're in England. How could you possibly have done this without spending a lot of money to travel over here? Plus then getting, you know, hotel and all of that. So if we're going to look at the silver lining of a pandemic, it's that we can watch movies that we otherwise wouldn't have had the opportunity to see for a long time until these films get distribution. I know that like movies I saw at Tribeca last year in 2019 are just now starting to get uh, VOD access to everybody else. So I saw them a year ago and people are just seeing like Swallow or uh, Buffaloed. And uh, there's a couple other films from last year's Tribeca that are finally creeping out onto the the, the VOD services. Um, so this is an advantage for the world. Now you can suddenly see all these great independent films, all these uh, art house style films, some you know very innovative documentaries. Just it opens up the world to online film, and I I think this is a kind of cool thing. I love going to a festival. Mm-hmm. But I also love the opportunity for people to get to see these movies quicker. Because, I mean, you got to think filmmakers want to make money for their movie for sure. Right. Like that it's how they're going to be able to make their next movie.
1: It's how they make their name.
0: Right. But it's also they want people to see the movie. Like that's the goal. And so here's an opportunity where a movie maybe would have only had 50 people at a festival. Now the world could see it if they know about it. So we're going to talk about some of these movies. And hopefully uh, you'll go to the, the website and you'll rent some of these films and you'll let us know what you think about it.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I would love to I, I wouldn't be worried about the the flight accommodation and festival uh prices if I went to Quebec, it'd be more how much I was going to spend on the wonderful food up there, how right. much I was going to spend checking out the NHL games, um as and the beer, of course. Uh, but no, know as I've mentioned on socials, you know, Fantasia have done a great job in not limiting what they're putting out. Everything in their festival is going to be going out to to the public uh, and to us guys as well for the most part but the public's getting everything it's not a day lot diluted um offering and we've seen things like comic con at home you know mm-hmm. respect for getting something out wasn't great yeah. unfortunately it wasn't what they would have wanted
0: right and i'll say the same about tribeca this year they they you know the the lockdowns kind of happen right about when tribeca usually starts mm-hmm. um and so they did the best they could to get an online festival established. And I want to give them credit there. It wasn't like Oof. they had time to do it. It was a, who who's willing to let this happen? What, what's the model? What is it going to look like? And so I think now we're a few months into this and we're starting to see uh, more and more festivals doing this. Um, and this one feels really tight so far. I'm curious. TIFF is coming up soon. I'm curious to see how that one's going to look. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you know, is Sundance going to be online too in January? It's, it's probable. So
1: it opens up the door, doesn't it? Can it can it set a precedent if it does well, or if more people flock to these things and potentially would do? Can can this be opened up a little bit more in the future? Of course, nothing like the like the theatre experience. Nothing's going to beat being at the festival for the buzz and the opportunities. But, but and the so big far, screen and the big screen and the popcorn. Yeah. But so far, Fantasia. Have like you say they've kept it tight and they've given John and myself the opportunity, in which we've been we've been podding now for two and a half years together. And, I, and I've watched from afar as JB's gone to Tribeca and um, South by Southwest, and thinking, you know what, I fancy some of that. So now we can actually together put these shows out. We are off air. We are WhatsApping each other all the time. Have you got this film? Let's 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 watch this film. You know, we are as well as uh, Big Tuna, our our buddy of the show, who we're going to mention shortly you know, collaborating on a film festival from across the pond digitally, which as film fans and f- uh, movie uh, film critics is perfect for Anna's podcast. It's perfect for us. So it allows myself and John the opportunity now to to collaborate together on something like this. So, it's, um, so I'm grateful for that opportunity. And I know we've been having a damn good time doing it. But like John said, if you want to go to that website, it's FantasiaFestival.com. All one word, FantasiaFestival.com. And the festival runs from Thursday the 20th of August 2020 to Wednesday the 2nd of September 2020. So you've got two weeks uh, there. Go to the website. They're going to be dropping the dates and times of when these films are available and then all the details you need to know. But Thursday the 20th of August, it all kicks off. And this is the 24th edition of the festival. And it's almost like who's been there before is like a who's who of just the Hollywood talent who's been to this festival and like we said, it's, it's not just one genre. It is a plethora of country genres, directors, filmmakers, who are represented in this, um, in this festival. That's certainly something we kind of feel like we've got in our, in our preview episode here. So we've picked three films each, myself and John, which we were very intrigued by for varying reasons. And friend of the show, Sean, big Tuna. He also recommended three films as well, and here's ones we're going to start off with. So we've got nine films which caught our eye to start with, and of course, when the embargo lifts, you'll be able to see if they lived up to our expectations or if they were a bit disappointing. And again, as we do on the BAMP, this is going to, all of this is going to be non-spoiler. We're not talking about the film, anything to do with the film, other than the synopsis presented by Fantasia. But when the reviews do drop, John and myself, we will always be honest. We'll never sugarcoat our opinions because... You know, we've been given the option, the ability to watch these films earlier. If we don't like it, we're going to say that we're just thankfully very, very uh, eloquent in how we word our criticism. So, John, should we get into the actual previews in
0: pretty much um, just before we do that? I Mm -hmm. I just want to if you didn't catch what Matt basically hinted at here is our next couple of episodes are going to be the reviews of films that we've watched from the festival. Um, so if you want to stay up with what we're talking about, again, all of our reviews will be spoiler free, but every movie we talk about for at least the next two, maybe three episodes are going to be from this festival. So check out again, the website that Matt said, uh, FantasiaFestival.com, um, just to make sure spelling is uh, clear, F-A-N-T-A-S-I-A-Festival.com. Um, and that this episode is strictly preview. We are not giving our opinions on any of the films, um. We are just giving the details, what it is, and then what it was about the films that made us pick them over all of the other films at the festival. Because we have – it's quite an extensive list of movies to check out at this festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're not talking about all of them yet. Uh, we, we couldn't possibly talk about all of them in, a, in any kind of meaningful way. So we've picked uh, three each, as Matt said, and then the three that Big Tuna started us off with. And we'll start with that – so big tuna's first recommendation to us was lapsus uh it is from the it's a usa film it's a, an american film um directed by noah hutton and written by noah hutton uh cast is dean imperial uh, madeline wise and babe howard i think of those three madeline wise is the only one who has been in some stuff i think i think uh,
1: it was dean imperial's i think it was his debut uh, yeah um, at, at
0: least feature film debut if not yes, maybe yeah, like yeah. something else but um, the synopsis of the movie is, in a parallel present—I love that phrasing, by the way—delivery uh, man Ray Tincelli is struggling to support himself and his ailing younger brother. After a series of two-bit hustles and unsuccessful swindles, Ray takes a job in a strange new realm of the gig economy, trekking deep into the forest, pulling cable over miles of terrain to connect large metal cubes that link together the new quantum trading market. As he gets pulled deeper into the zone, he encounters growing hostility and the threat of robot cablers and must choose to either help his fellow workers or to get rich and get out. And again, so these with the other movies that we picked ourselves, we'll kind of talk about what drew us in here is if you haven't checked out Big Tuna um, or Big Tuna on films on Twitter um, or his website, Disappointment Media, uh, do, so. do so. Um he is he's watched so many movies from this year like more so than i even knew existed from this year because this year feels like there's no movies because we can't go to the theater right all the stuff we were really looking forward to has been delayed inevitably um for the most part few exceptions but mm-hmm. uh he has uh, been hitting up you know screeners and festivals and he has seen so many things so when he recommends something from 2020 um or some of these movies may have been at another festival earlier like in 2019 um if he's recommending it I'm taking his word for it. And so these were the three that he immediately was like, you have to watch these movies. And so that's why these were picked. So that's Lapsus, uh, Big Tuna's first recommendation. What's the second, Matt? Uh,
1: so that was Lapsus as a mystery sci-fi film. The second one from Big Tuna is a Japanese offering. It's called Crazy Samurai Musashi. And it's directed by uh, Yuji Shimamura, who I believe is a stunt coordinator in uh, his other job. He's uh, is written by Sion Sono, and it stars... Well, I mean, the cast is Tak, Saga, Sakaguchi. That's basically the cast. Also, Masaki Takurai and um, Akihiko Sai. And the synopsis reads, This film, taken around the time of Out and Deluxe, consists of the most famous battle of the swordsman, Miyamoto Musashi. In this 77-minute, one-scene, no-cut action sequence, Miyamoto, played by uh, Tak Sakaguchi... Uh, defeats five hundred eighty-eight enemies one after the other. There is no room for error, no room for corny or unconvincing moves. Now, reminder that isn't a spoiler, necessarily. It's that's the synopsis. It's a, it's a take on the legendary uh, samurai Miyamoto Musashi. There's so many legends about this guy. Go and Google it. Um, you may even recognise some of the artwork, the ancient artwork of Musashi. But um yeah, this is a. It's an action film, but it has got the, the novelty or the gimmick, one might say, or the, techni- the technical achievement of having a monster 77-minute, one-scene, no-cut action sequence, which is um incredible achievement in any film. So that was an interesting draw for a synopsis. And to be fair, had I seen that myself in a synopsis, I probably would have wanted to check it out just to see how it plays out. But yeah, Shimomura, hits his take on the legendary tale of musashi so big tuna that's his second offering and what about number three
0: so i i'm not 100% at how we're supposed to say this title but i th- i think it's i weirdo mm-hmm. but i want to point out that it's the do in weirdo are capitalized in most of the marketing material so i don't know if it's supposed to be i weirdo or, or you know what i'm saying like is it why capitalize
1: isn't it like the whole marriage play
0: right so like it's i weirdo though uh and it's from taiwan directed and written by ming yi lao starring nikki uh, uh Shai? i'm gonna go for I, Sawyer. The,
1: sorry uh, Nikki, Sia, for listening Sia.
0: yes and uh, uh, po hung lin who are pretty much the only two actors in the film um based on the, like the cast list and a boy and girl uh he po ching suffers from an obsessive compulsive disorder that forces him to constantly wash his hands she ching suffers from an obsessive compulsive disorder that forces her to cover herself up from head to toe as though she's trying to survive germ warfare for society at large. They're just a couple of weirdos, but for fate, they're soulmates who sooner or later are destined to meet. And when they do, it sets in motion, a bizarre sentimental short circuit. Tuna recommended this one. um, So it was a no, no hesitation. You know, boom, here it is. It's on the list. Uh, And now we get into where Matt and I picked, we each picked three movies and um if you've been paying attention to our podcast whether the bloody awesome or our individual podcast that we've done matt and i like a lot of the same stuff Mm -hmm. but matt is definitely more horror oriented Mm -hmm. and i am very uh rom-com oriented that seems to be my the genre of my choice which i didn't realize yeah and it meshes but sometimes uh our tastes definitely are going to be drawn to a variety of film styles um and i think I think you'll see that a little bit in our selection. So, Matt, why don't you start us off? What was your first pick?
1: I, I shouted And actually, upon looking at my three picks, I was like, oh, man, there is like a, a common thread in this, which I hadn't actually realized when I was picking the films. But uh, a lot of the other ones I've picked have been different. But the first one I picked was a film. And again, excuse my pronunciation on this. It's um, Kriya or Kriya, K-R-I-Y-A. And it's an Indian film. It's an Indian horror film. Um, So the details, it's written and directed by Siddharth uh, Srinivasan and it stars Avantika Akharkar, M.D. Asif and Kishan Kishan Baharapia. And the synopsis reads, a DJ encounters a beautiful woman at a club, goes back to her home and finds himself thrust into a nightmare odyssey of ritual magic, patriarchal death customs and family conflict most unusual. So uh, why did I pick this? Mainly for that final statement, family conflict, most unusual. Very well written, That, But I picked it mainly because, um, yes, I do. I I, I love horror films for for my sins. I really do enjoy a a good horror film. And I'm usually drawn to those, though there are other genres I will lean to. But I picked it because I've never seen an Indian horror film before. I've seen plenty from other countries, but never India. So I wanted to see what um, horror in the hands of a, a person from a country I'd never seen a, a genre of film from came across. And I, would it translate well to somebody like me who loves horror films? Would I be able to pick up on the nuances? Would I, is it going to be to my taste? Is it going to be above and beyond what I think? Because there's a lot of horror films from other countries which blow a lot of the mainstream stuff out of the water because they, they go there, they go places, which a lot of Hollywood films are not prepared to go to. So that was part of the reason why I picked this film. So I wanted to see if, if Siddharth himself could go some places, and as well as that, it's the use of rituals and religion as a key part of the story intrigues me. But it was actual r- uh, rituals. We all know I love the exorcist, and exorcism is it's a you know real uh, ritual. It's a real passage. But I loved the idea that the director wanted to take a ritual, which was in the is out there. You know, it is in the religion, in his religion but he wanted to turn it on his head. His, you know, the director himself has said that he wanted to do something with it, which, you know, takes a different approach to what is the norm. Not necessarily to shake things up a bit, but, you know, to open, open some eyes. So an eye-opening horror film from a country which I'd never experienced horror from, using rich, religious rituals and, of course, religion. Sign me up. Do you know what I mean? It's It's got all the ingredients that I would like to see from a film like this. Uh, from a synopsis like this, sorry. So, yep, Crea, or Cryer, was my first pick.
0: And before I, I say my first pick, I will point out, I mentioned the the genre thing. I, I don't dislike horror. Mm-hmm. I tend to be harsher on horror than a lot of people. Um, I guess my, my expectations of what a horror movie should do is is very, or I guess what works for me in horror is very narrow. So I don't like as much of it as other people and some of the classic horror i don't click with so it's not that i don't like the genre i do like the genre of course i'm just very very picky well you know there are some people who are like averse to horror like oh it's too scary like that's not my issue with it um not to say i don't get scared i'm not i'm not one of those people either like i want to be scared in a horror movie because i feel like that's what a horror movie should be doing to me right like like i want to laugh a comedy exactly right um but my first pick uh, is called The Columnist. Columnist sorry if I mispronounced that. I shouldn't because it's, it's from the Netherlands. Uh, directed by Ivo van Aert uh, and written by Don Windhorst. Uh, I'm sure I got those perfect. Uh, Genio de Groot, Kaja Herbers, and Rain Hoffman. I do feel like I nailed those, by you the way. You did well with those. Uh, the synopsis is what definitely grabbed me, though. I don't know any of these actors. I'm not familiar with this director. Kaja Hypers is
1: in Westworld. Fairly prominent part of oh, that as well. Who's, I, uh, I've
0: yet to watch Westworld. There you go. It's on the it's on the list, um, but it's way down there. Uh, no offense to it. I just <laughs> I don't do a lot of TV, as as listeners probably know. Um, but fancy a bit of mindless cyberbullying and trolling? Question mark. Um, be careful who you pick, though. Uh, as the victim chosen may uh, the victim chosen may decide to fight back, and before you know it, you might be fighting for your life. Newspaper columnist and writers blocked uh, writers blocked author Femke Boot, um, who was in Westworld, uh, as you mentioned, is suddenly flooded with anonymous nasty messages and death threats on her social media pages. Who is responsible and why are they doing it? When she finds out, her revenge is swift and unfortunately deadly. And her mission in life becomes crystal clear. A heightened reality, shockingly fun, pitch black comedy of manners. So. <laughs> I had mentioned with the genre thing that rom-coms were like my go-to. And that's not untrue. It is a genre that I tend to latch onto and love. But I also have some uh, boxes that get checked pretty quickly. I love movies about journalists. So here we have a columnist. Yep. So right away I'm like, oh, intriguing. Um, I love dark comedy, uh, which isn't always on my list of things because it's not something you want to brag about. Like, oh, I love you know, messed up comedy jokes. It does <laughs> make me laugh. But it is something that I tend to. Uh, I'm a big L- Yorgos Lanthimos fan, if that gives any indication. Um, you know, his movies are often dark, but they're funny at the same time. And music, which is not relevant here, but m- movies about musicians because of my background, and movies about teachers because, again, my background, those often work for me. So I saw a journalist, and I was, or I saw a columnist, which is a type of journalist, um, and was immediately like, okay, I'm intrigued. And then the black comedy of manners, I'm like, all right, this sounds like something I should definitely watch. And so that's what drew me to it, what made me uh, select this for our preview show, because those things are, again, if a mo- there's not to me, there's not enough movies about journalists, um, because I went to school to be a journalist. Technically, we are journalists as film critics. Some might say no, but technically speaking, we are. Um, the only difference is we admit that we have bias. <laughs> and um And again, I'm a fan of uh, dark comedy, so I wanted to check out uh, what this one was. I mean, the movie uh, is laid out pretty flat here, what it's going to be. Um, There's no question. uh, I don't think it's the best written synopsis, to be honest, but uh, it had the it had elements that worked for me and made me want to give it a go. So it's why I chose it to be discussed on this episode.
1: I wonder what influenced the uh, the events of that film. (laughs) Go on there. No, good shout, my friend. Uh, so my second pick is uh, is another Taiwanese film, and it's called Detention, directed by John Su, uh, written by Shi Keng Chen and Lyra Fu. Uh, and it stars Gingle Wang, Meng Po Fu, and uh, Jing Hua Seng. And the synopsis reads, set in Taiwan during the white terror period of martial law, a high school girl who awakens in an empty school only to find that her entire community has been abandoned except for one other student. Soon they realise that they've entered a realm filled with vengeful spirits and hungry ghosts. Right. I mean, basically, it's just, just from hearing that, I was like, right, so, so... It's in a period of history which is... I don't think is often spoken about, but it's bloody awful. It's The White Terror was basically a time in Taiwan where political writings and books, which especially left-leaning ones, were prohibited, and if you were seen to be indulging in them... You can be arrested for treason or killed, murdered. And a lot of people were. So it was a bad time in Taiwan. So we've got a horror film or a thriller film, mystery horror thriller set against that backdrop. And then you're entering a realm filled with spirits and ghosts, like some sort of like Silent Hill type thing. I'm thinking I'm all over that. Then I find out that it's based on a a video game. It's um, based on 2017's Detention from uh, Red Candle Games. So now we've got a video game adaptation in it. was so, like, well, maybe we can get a decent one. Maybe maybe the Taiwanese can crack how to make a good one. Tomb Raider was quite good. So horror against the background of these uh, socio political issues um, and bad issues offered an interesting premise. So for this one, for me, it was almost less about the horror and more about you know how can they, how is um, how is Sue going to merge real life a real life like tragic. Period of time with vengeful spirits and hungry ghosts. How is that going to work? Plus, it's a video game adaptation, so there is that as well. So there was a few variables which came together here, which made me quite interested in this. So, how does he handle the political aspect of it and horror? Is it heavy-handed? Is it going to be? Are they going to make light of the situation? Is the horror going to be overdone? Or oh, that's what got me basically just reading that synopsis. And I think it is a fairly well written synopsis. So. Again, it is a horror inflected film. Sorry, guys, I hadn't realized, but that it's, it sold me. So, um, yeah, detention. High hopes for that one. But did you know that was a video game, by the way? Because you're more of a gamer than I am.
0: I I didn't. Um, I uh, while you were talking, I started looking it up. It is apparently available on um, PlayStation Four and Nintendo Switch, um, and then on PC. It's like on the Steam Store. Game, I don't know I if it's on Xbox.
1: It's like a very stylized it, game. It's,
0: it looks like a side scroller uh, adventure. It's definitely like an indie game. It looks mm. like, um, yes, yeah, a two D atmospheric course, uh, side scroller, um, but it, it definitely has the same plot. I'm I'm intrigued now. Uh, Maybe a movie and a game to check out. <laughs> thanks to this uh, this pick. Um, How did you stumble across it being a game? Did it mention it in on the site? Uh, no. Well, I
1: I was looking at the synopsis. The synopsis, should we call it the synopsis of all of these films, and. Um, it just—I just happened to see it on on Google, basically, because I'm not going to attest to say I've I've heard of any of these or many of these films. Certainly not detention. I hadn't heard of it until the until the list of offerings came through. So just looking looking at the synopsis, like, well, and it just caught my eye that it was a video game. And then I looked at the video game and I thought, well, I've never heard of it, so I wasn't going in thinking, right, this is based on a IP I've heard of. It's not like a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill reboot or something else. It's a game I've never heard of, so I haven't got any preconceptions going in of what it should be like, but I'd be interested if any of you guys out there have played Detention or heard of it, if you have any idea of what you might expect going into it, if it may taint or, or heighten your expectations.
0: Yeah, uh, and again, that's um, a big hurdle for any film to uh, j- get over, right, is if you're a video game adaptation, there is that predisposition that it's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah. Um Many video game movies have failed uh and you know and some would argue that they there have been a couple of good ones um Sonic some people really really liked Sonic. I thought Sonic was mediocre um but you know um those people who liked it so I, that's a cool little caveat and I, I wonder there I wonder what the stat is for uh video game inspired movies at film festivals because that cannot be a high number right it's got to be like good super job. low
1: i mean again i don't know I don't know how how well known of a property or game that if it's got like cult status or not, or they can kind of, they wouldn't slip it under the radar because they have mentioned, you know, it's a, it's a video game adaptation, but it's not like seeing a you know, Silent Hill three just turning up it was like, well, right. like, would that get picked? Maybe, but something like this, I think it's also because of the way the synopsis reads as a socio political thriller. There's that aspect as well.
0: If they ever do make the Last of Us movie, I hope they go indie, uh, to be honest. Like, I think an indie version of that movie would be way cooler than, like, a big blockbuster budget. Because I feel like they would go way too into the monster side of it and not into the human side that an indie film would take on that. Because mm-hmm. that's what's so great about that game's uh, franchise is the character. And so... Yeah, yeah. It's a story um, of character, yeah. love to see that develop as more of an indie film with us. Like, horror atmosphere. Kind of like Maggie. I don't know if you ever saw the Arnold Schwarzenegger... Um,
1: is I never Chloe did. Grace? No,
0: um, man, that movie is underrated. Uh, but again, it's a slow burn kind of zombie movie, so it's it's not like a. It's more of like it's more what I'm describing as like a Last of Us. You know, yes, there are monsters out there, but it's more on the periphery. You're more inside with these characters, and uh, that's what it's one of Arnold's best performances in years, too. I gotta say, he's he's at the top of his game. But we're not here to talk about movies that have existed for a while. Let's get to our next uh, preview. Um, I selected Fried Berry. And to what be clear, name? I said that name to somebody and they thought I said Berry, like a like a straw Berry. This is Berry, like the name, uh, like Barry Allen, the Flash that Florida um, accent. A R R Y. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Um, this is a South African film uh, written and directed by Ryan Kruger. Um, the cast, uh, Gary Green, Gary, excuse me. Wow. Uh, Gary Green brett williams and joey kramer um synopsis barry is a drug addled abusive bastard who after yet another bender is abducted by aliens that's the curveball right oh, yeah. like i love uh, that was pretty much what pulled me in though Was that first sentence I'm like all right um barry takes a backseat as an alien visitor assumes control of his body and takes it for a joyride through cape Town. What follows is an onslaught of drugs, sex, and violence as our alien Taurus enters the weird and wonderful world of humankind. Fried Friedberry is based upon the short film of the same name, which earned 57 official selections and 12 wins at festivals around the world. Um, I knew nothing of the short film, which is uh, a little disappointing for me because um, in the past, I was really fortunate to find Lights Out early. Yeah in its uh, run, right? Like I, I saw it and I was like, this is a great example for my students to see like what you can do uh, with a short film, like how you can craft this really great atmosphere with almost no, no real challenging visuals, simple set, simple cast, um, but have this really impactful movie. And then uh, when the feature film came out, I was like, Hey, is this from the short? I had no clue. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. This, this guy, uh, Sandberg got to make his short into a feature film. And then, oh, he gets to make this Annabelle sequel. That's really cool. That means he's progressing. Oh, he made Shazam. Like I've watched that dude's career and I I feel like I'm a part of it because I found his short early. I wish I'd seen the short for Fried Berry and that's what pulled me in. Unfortunately, what pulled me in was that first sentence because I'm just like, okay, so this guy is a drug addled, abusive bastard who gets abducted by aliens like that right away. I'm just like, that's such a unique premise. I'm on board. Let's, let's check this movie out. So that's what uh, made me select it. Very simple. The synopsis did its job.
1: I'm glad you picked that because for somebody who occasionally stumbles over his R's fried Barry uh, from South Africa by Ryan Kruger is quite, and Gary green is quite a lot to get out through of all those R's, but uh, hey, I you just like, did it. <laughs> I did just about fried was a bit tough, but Barry B A W R Y. But mate, honestly, looking at that, the synopsis is wild. Uh, I imagine a film is as well, but Barry is a drug-addled abusive bastard who after another bend is abducted by aliens. Like, right, okay. That's probably all you need to know about the film there. It's he's, 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 he's a, he's a drug trip. The guy's probably not very nice. Aliens. Right. I, I, I can already imagine it, and I'm sure those listening can. But th- by looking at that short, 57 official selections, 12 wins. It's The short seems to be fairly well received as well. And I'm not um, an aficionado of South African film. Um I'd like to watch more South African films, so this is a good start. And Ryan Kruger, what a great name, uh for as well. Just just off the cuff there. Great name.
0: Well, I will say as far as my South African film, uh, I, I've seen District Nine, Obviously. which is awesome. Yep. I've seen most of Elysium, which is not so good, not so but good. not horrible. I could not even make it through like the first twenty minutes of Chappie. I've seen enough of it and I've seen the, the actually i think i did watch all of it i can't i've seen enough of it to know that i can't ever sit through it um it's a bit if you're not familiar with die antwood that's all you need to do is look up die antwood uh if they if you like them then probably check out Chappie. you might like it uh but that's pretty much to my knowledge my extensive film uh knowledge of south africa like those three films all by uh neil blunkamp um and yeah, so this was this will be a new uh, a new you know filmmaker from that area. So I'm curious if there's anything connection in that. But.
1: Yep, and if you are if you can do, just let your brother Freddie know that you know I'm a big fan of your work. And my final choice was a Canadian flick, so keeping it real with Fantasia. I'm going back home, Canada, and it's a film called Bleed with Me, directed by Amelia Moses and written by. Amelia Moses Uh, and it stars Lee Marshall, Lauren Beattie and Aris Tyros who isn't from Game of Thrones. It's a real name, Aris Tyros. And the synopsis read during a winter getaway at an isolated cabin, a self-destructive young woman becomes convinced that her best friend is stealing her blood. Like a similar to fried Barry. This one, whereas that's got a long synopsis. This, this got me in the first two lines winter getaway check. Love, love a bit of snowy setting isolated cabin. Okay. I'm fine with that. A self-destructive young woman becomes convinced what what's gonna happen? That her friend is stealing her blood. Didn't see that coming. So that's why I picked it. Again, I know again it's got that horror tinge to it, and I apologise. But I, I the okay. synopsis for me is is tantalising. It doesn't need to be long and drawn out. You know, I, I now know exactly what I'm getting. I'm getting a Cabin in the Woods story with um apparently someone's going to be stealing somebody's blood. Why? Who knows? That's why we're going to be watching the film for. Is she a vampire? Is she a serial killer? Is she mad? Is she a scientist? I mean, why? And that a good synopsis for me needs to get you asking questions. Of course, it needs to heighten your expectation or excitement, but it needs to kind of have you sitting there thinking, you know what? Okay, why?" same with the fried Barry one. I mean, how you like, how's that going to work? Same for this. Not How's it going to work? But why is she stealing the blood? So, short and sweet. Basically. I saw an isolated cabin that springs to mind many great horror films, but, um, the idea that a self-destructive young woman, so there's obviously some sort of, um, there's going to be a mental health issue side to this, I imagine. And then she's convinced her friend's stealing her blood. So I, that yeah, very simple for me. So why is she stealing her blood, John? Why would she do that?
0: That sir is a good question. Um, I, I mean, if I had seen that one, I probably would have picked it based on that too, because it is uh, an interesting. And it's not even why is she stealing her blood, but why is she convinced of that? You know, like what is like, because that implies she's not sure. Yeah, yeah, like, but she has a suspicion. So, like, what what's happening to make you uh, believe that? You know, so that it's an intriguing premise at the uh, on its surface for sure.
1: So fingers crossed, Amelia Moses. The, my expectations are high.
0: Well. My last film is a a United States film, which I did not pick for that reason. Although I guess it's implied by the name, because the name of the movie is "Dinner in America." Now, I'm going to start with what initially drew me to this film Mm -hmm. is one, I like food movies, but I really like food documentaries, and so, (laughs) right, that's where it comes from. Um, I assumed that this might be a documentary, (laughs) but. I realize it's not. And it's directed and written by uh this is a pattern too, if you've noticed most of I think all of these films that we picked, except for detention. Oh no, and the columnist. Uh, every other film has the same writer director, except for those two films. But uh it's Adam Raymeyer. Uh the cast is Kyle Gallner, um, Emily Skeggs and Mary Anderson. Now of all of the picks that we have, this is the first time where I actually know two of the cast members, not personally, but from other movies. Um, Kyle Gallner uh, is in a, a terrific movie called um, Band of Robbers, which a lot of people didn't see and should go back to. It is a modern retelling of Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer. Um, it is such a cool movie, and I was a big fan of him. He is Huck in that movie. Um, but it also has Hannibal Burris, who if you have not seen in a movie, you definitely need to check out. He's hilarious. Um, Emily Skeggs, I, I got to see uh, at Tribeca two years ago, the miseducation of Cameron Post, yeah. and the entire cast was uh, there even. So I actually was in the same room with Emily Skeggs, uh, and uh, I didn't initially remember her performance, um, but once I saw, uh, like, a picture of her, I started to go, oh, yeah, okay, I remember who she was in, in that movie. And then um, this movie also has uh, some big producer credits. Yeah. Um, if if I'm not mistaken I think Ben Stiller he is, is one producer, of them. Yeah. Um and then uh there's a movie I saw earlier this year called Banana Split. Remember I talked to you yep. about it? You thought it was a horror movie called The Banana <laughs> Split. Right, yeah. I'm slightly confused. And, uh that movie is uh I believe written by and stars um I'm trying to get her name.
1: Kyle Goona was also in a Nightmare in Elm Street remake so bear that in mind guys
0: and he, he's in like american sniper though like he's in a, he's, he's, a he's done some stuff emily Skiggs, yeah, now like, you mentioned
1: cameron post it makes sense because i've seen the name and the face and i'm where have i seen her from i generally i've i've seen you but i just have no idea where from so i'm so glad that you've uh, you've actually ma- managed to fill that area of my brain in now with uh, cameron post
0: mm-hmm. and uh so dinner in america while i'm looking up that other name of the the person from banana split Um, who's a producer on this film and also a small part in this movie. The synopsis is an on the lamb punk rocker and a young woman obsessed with his band unexpectedly fall in love and go on an epic journey together through America's decaying Midwestern suburbs. I mentioned my uh, fiction towards music related movies. So a punk rocker, I'm like, okay, interesting. And then an obsessed, uh, you know, fan, like I'm like, well, this is just a really cool sounding premise. I'm on board. Let's see what it is. Um, so that's why I chose it. I, it's it's right up my alley. Again with the music and um, the fact that it's that they it says that they unexpectedly fall in love has that rom com vibe to it. So again, I mentioned that too. Uh, it's it's just it fits my uh, my taste. So I chose it for my option.
1: Potentially a rom com with a a punk rock aesthetic is is pretty cool. Again, same as you, I'm I'm big on music. I've always been a a music man and a musician too, just like yourself. And this would have uh, warmed to me as well. And also, again, for the cast and the names behind it as well. And of course, having big name producers doesn't always mean you're going to have a great film, but it certainly helps. Do you know what I mean? Uh, If you can get the backing of people like that, and it's, you know, the the, the synopsis, like the last film, um, Bleed With Me, synopsis is to the point. It doesn't need to waffle, it's to the point. You can get an idea of what it's going to be about. And I can see what, for the varying reasons you just gave, I can see exactly why you picked this film.
0: Mm -hmm. And Hannah Marks was the other name. Uh, She's writer and star of Banana Split and is a producer Mm -hmm. and a very small uh, role, my understanding, in this movie. Um, But she is in this movie. So, uh, you know, those things all added together for me to choose this as one of my uh, three to talk about.
1: Yep, so there are major three, the ones that caught our eye on first look, and uh big tuners right off the top as well. Uh the main man himself. So there's nine films that uh together, the trifecta of us three have managed to pull together. Now again, we've picked these films based on gut feeling, on synopsis, on who's backing it, who's behind it, who's in it, or who's directing it. Doesn't mean they're gonna be any good. So disclaimer, if they're rubbish Playing Big Tuna just because he's not on the show now. <laughs> um, there's a couple of other films we want to chuck out as well, just like the names and maybe a quick reason why, but we've picked because, again, we've mentioned Fantasia covers so much, so many genres, and there is so much on offer that it almost feels like just picking nine doesn't give justice to what the festival is offering. So, I mean, one of the ones I wanted, I wanted to chuck out, which I'm checking out soon, it's, it's called A Mermaid in Paris. Um, it's a fantasy melodrama. A man rescues a mermaid in Paris, funny, and slowly falls in love with her. Okay, sounds good. We had a film recently, The Shape of Water. Not necessarily the same synopsis, but I read that and thought about that film and I wasn't a big fan of The Shape of Water. But I don't know. I'm I'm a sucker. I love Paris. I think it's a lovely place. A mermaid in Paris sounds like a beautiful fantasy. So I'm going to check that one out.
0: I love The Shape of Water, so I'm, I'm on board for that one, too. Um, I, it's interesting because movies will do what we call like the festival circuit, so they might um, be on multiple festivals. So mm-hmm. there are a few movies here that I've seen at other festivals from this year, mm-hmm. um, including one that I think you had your eye on, 12-Hour Shift, yes. uh, which I saw at Tribeca, um, like the online Tribeca. And um, I won't say whether I liked it or not, because I, I, even though technically – I can talk about because it was from another festival it's that this festival i don't want to give like a review kind of thing just in case just to cover our ground but um it's uh an interesting premise um as it is a a dark it's more horror than comedy but there's definitely some humor in it. it it may it's going for laughs and so i again i'm a fan of that type of thing so easy to to throw that name out there and be like hey that's one worth looking into
1: another one was one called beauty water it's a korean animated film basically it's about keeping up the struggles of looking damn good in the beauty industry but um it's a it's a horror thriller animated film i know i've just said about widening the scope but this one looks interesting and it's an animated offering so um korea it's a korean film beauty water so i'm gonna be checking that one out
0: yeah um i'm trying to like there's um I'm looking through the website like trying to find it's it's there's so many movies available and some of these are shorts and that makes it even more challenging um mm-hmm. to to filter out here but uh there's um a, oh what's the clapboard jungle that's Guillermo del Toro in the picture um but uh the one that I was really intrigued by um that caught my eye was uh the reckoning mm. um and I don't distinctively remember why but i remember like when i was reading through the synopsis and trying to pick my three to talk about uh that was one that had caught my attention so it's one i'm going to be looking into
1: uh yeah the Reckon. and i'm very much looking forward to that um i another one my well, look of is it's a film called mary go round or one word mary is in the name m-a-r-y mary go round is a polish black comedy about a lady called mary she's about to turn 50 and she's an agnostic collector of virgin mary statues and um she meets a woman and things sp- 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 sparks fly basically and it, it just based on that synopsis of mary herself like okay this this could be fun and then throwing in another woman and in, in, into the dynamic and how she's going to deal with that that's that so i want to watch that to see if that is as funny as i hope it's going to be but that's a polish film called mary go round
0: yeah um i have uh a, an animated film that I'm really interested in, a costume from Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Um, the animated genre is one that I've become more of a fan of uh, recently, like in the last couple of years, especially after I watched a lot of Studio Ghibli films. Um, I'm, I've always been a Pixar fan, but um, I, I'm trying to branch out a little bit. So the fact that it, it is a, um, I believe it is a Mexican film. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm intrigued by it and I want to check it out.
1: And uh, another film that uh, me and John had, both kind of earmarked was a film called Under Gods which is a uh, in, in terms of origin it's it's a Belgian Estonian Swedish Serbian and the United Kingdom feature film so it's got a lot of input from different countries and it's a another an worldly journey through a Europe in decline with darkly humorous fantasy tales about characters and uh, ill-fated characters and their tragic misadventures that sounds bloody interesting and I was very interested to note that John himself had his eye on that one.
0: Yeah, it, it, uh, it's caught my attention. Um, I just saw a documentary that I'm intrigued by. um, It's called hail to the deadites. Yeah. Uh, It's a documentary about the fans of the evil dead fans. um, And I am a fan of evil dead one and two for sure. And Bruce Campbell all the way. Um, Ash is awesome. So I'm kind of intrigued by that documentary. And I do like documentaries. um I've become a bigger fan of docs over the last couple of years, too. So I, that one's really on my radar now.
1: Uh, and one of the last ones I got was uh, off the top of my head or top of it. It's uh, a film called Sleep. It's a German film. Guess what genre? Sorry. But um it's basically the synopsis reads a never ending tangle of family trauma unravels through an echo chamber of national shame in the ambitious psychological thriller. Uh, Sleep. But it's got influences from the Brothers Grimm to a David Lynch nightmare. And apparently it's a challenging horror that tackles the ghosts of Germany's past. Um, uh, So I can obviously assume what they're hinting at there. So that could either be wildly ambitious and great or wildly ambitious and a bit rubbish. So I'm interested in that. Plus, again, I, I watched a, I think it's called Berlin Syndrome. Um, a couple of years ago, which was ba- a, a a thriller based in Germany, it wasn't a German film, and I very much enjoyed that. So I'm hoping to get similar um vibes from that film. So
0: um, yeah, sleep. And the last one I will reference <laughs> is uh, special actors. Um, if there is this really great horror movie called One Cut of the Dead, yeah. um, that is on Shutter if you have access to it. It is a zombie film where I believe it's a thirty minute uh one take no cuts um sequence and for a zombie movie to pull that off that's a challenge right mm-hmm. away but um I, I was really into that movie when i got to see it about a year ago maybe two years ago um and this was the director's follow-up uh special actors and so that's what caught my eyes i, I really liked one cut of the dead so i want to see what he's doing next
1: well there's a there's a couple more impromptu movies thrown in for you there guys so that's what 16 maybe selections from us, from John, myself and Big Tuna to look out for. Again, they could be awful, all of them. We don't know that. We certainly hope they won't be, but they sound intriguing. Um so but like we say the festival opens on the 20th of August. So one week's time the festival opens. So you'll be able to check this out yourself at fantasiafestival dot com. And do you know what I first I can't wait to start getting the reviews out and talking to people about them and being able to share my opinions with JB. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, like what the wider film-going audience thinks about the films, but also the uptake of the festival. You know, we never know how, how these things are going to work out. The ship has been run very well so far. Let's just hope that uh, people listening and people out there get on board, because I'm interested. And I'm very excited at the offering from this festival, man.
0: Yeah, it, it, they've really put together quite an extensive uh, selection for an online, I mean, again, this might be the new normal with online festivals, but this is, uh, watching it kind of evolve over the last couple of months has been interesting. And I'm impressed with what I've seen, um, with these later festivals, uh, that are, they're really getting, um, the filmmakers are willing to put their, their work out there and let people see it. So while Matt has said, uh, we don't know the quality of the films that we just previewed. Um, hopefully they're all great, but like he said, they could all be not so great, but You know, at the very least, it's it's people whose voices you maybe haven't heard yet. And that's always compelling because you might find the next like Martin Scorsese or the next uh, Greta Gerwig, who I know she's still kind of up and coming. But like her first two movies have just been, you know, had a pretty huge impact on the film world or Jordan Peele. Same way, you know, his two films um, have had a huge impact on the horror genre so much so that, you know, we see his name on almost every horror movie now as a producer. This you might find that filmmaker who's going to be that next big name um, by checking out some of these festival films, and again, you might find the next person who uh, you know isn't, but the only way to know is to check them out.
1: Yep. the next the, the next big thing could become the next them, so which is the most exciting thing about these, so uh, in ten years' time we could be looking back thinking, "Well Christ, we saw that at that festival, so um that's our Fantasia festival preview show, so again, guys, go and go and enjoy. The offerings at FantasiaFestival.com, because I know me and JBR. So uh, And when you do go check them out, do let us know what you think about the films for better or worse. And we'll be here to listen. Uh, So now we're we're going to incorporate some of the elements of our usual show. And we're going to dive straight into the media consumption. So for those new to the show, it's what have John and myself been consuming in the world of film, TV, video games, podcasts that aren't ours. Books, anything that we use to to pass the time in these here pandemic times, and also very hot, thundery times. So, John, fr- festival aside, almost, what have you been uh, checking out?
0: Well, I haven't been able to really watch too many movies because um, in my time, I'm trying to watch stuff for the festival. But uh, I have, I'm on the last season of Gilmore Girls. I'm about halfway through the last season. In fact, I should finish it. Um, I'm a little more than halfway. I'm sorry. There's 22 episodes, I think, in a season, and I'm at like 16 of season seven. Mm-hmm. I am I enjoy the show. I am ready for it to be done. 7 seasons feels a bit excessive, uh especially cuz when a show goes that long, especially for an hour drama, I expect more for like to see where it's going, like where the natural ending is going to be and I don't see it. And I'm almost done with the show and like where are they going to end? It's just going to feel like they just abruptly stop. Um cut to black. Well like like friends, you get that final season and like everyone's leaving the area like the apartments right like you have uh rachel's going to paris and monica and chandler moving to the suburbs and like you see the natural kind of progression of the ending and um that's a show i go to because uh i am a big friend i'm literally wearing a central perk shirt right now but um but you know um and some shows are more obvious, like lost was very clear at the end has to be them, like discovering the answers to the big questions, yeah. right? Like I'm not, I try not to spoil that. So like some shows have that. I don't really know. So seven seasons, I'm like, did they go too far? Should this have already ended? Um, I think I, I have an idea of what, what likely will happen at the end. But, um, you know, overall I enjoy the show. I have my favorite characters, definitely Luke and then Suki and then Kirk. Uh, Kirk is played by, um, Oh, I'm going to forget his name. Sam, James Gunn's brother, who is in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Sean, Sean Gunn. Um, and he is hilarious on this show. His character is ridiculous on purpose. Uh, he has had, like, every job known to man. Like, not an exaggeration there. He, the, the character has played, like, every... Like, it's a joke inside the show that he has all the jobs. Um, But... uh, So, I've been watching that. Um, and then, uh, I haven't played... In, any Video games since I beat Last of Us 2, I've not started another game. Um, I have played uh Magic Gathering online and uh, Magic Arena, but that's been and then like phone games that I don't really count as gaming, just like puzzle games and stuff. But um, I did listen today. Uh, I well, in order to listen to the Blank Check podcast, my favorite podcast outside of our room, they just started a new mini series, uh, the films of Gina Prince, uh, Bythewood. Um, she's got a very small filmography. So they just finished uh, Nora Ephron. <clears throat> they're doing her now. And then they're going to be doing, uh, they're probably the longest filmography that they, they have covered with Robert Zemeckis. Um, so they wanted to do a little like palette cleanser between Nora Ephron and Zemeckis. So they decided to do Gina Prince because um, partly uh, they, the movie that we did on our podcast, The Old Guard, right. is her most recent film. Um, and so I have not seen any of her other films. And I've been meaning to watch Love and Basketball since 2000. Like, it was literally a movie that I was really interested in in 2000. Never got to it, never got to it, never got to it. Um, I bought it several months ago, uh, and I never got to it, never got to it. Finally watched it so that I could listen to the podcast. Um, and it's a really good movie. Uh, not surprised. Of course, I'd heard nothing but really good things about it, but um, it hits a lot of my sensibilities. It's not quite a rom-com. It's more of just a, a rom um, there's a little bit of humor, of course, because it's human and people make jokes like not everybody's dour or sad all the time, you know, like people have a range of emotions in real life. And that's what I think the movie does really, really well is it, the characters feel very, very believable as people like real life humans with normal emotions and they nothing's dramatic or melodramatic. It just feels real. And um, I, I liked it quite a bit. So I was happy to finally listen to that episode of the podcast um, and then I listened to the Patreon episode of their podcast where they covered her uh, only non-theatrical movie. Uh, well, I guess technically the Old Guard now, but it wasn't supposed to be non-theatrical. Really? But she did an HBO original movie with Wesley Snipes and the star whose name I am going to forget from Love and Basketball, um, called Disappearing Act, I think. Um, and they so they did a bonus episode since that's not a official theatrical release for her and she literally made it the same year that love and basketball came out like they came out almost in the same year um so i listened to that those two episodes of the blank check podcast as well as i I always listen to a a need to know podcast and what a day podcast those are two daily news podcasts they are very left-leaning um but they're also a little more humorous and and they try to be uh short like under 20 minutes so you get like a recap of the previous day in like 20 minutes and it's a good way to kind of stay up on most of the headlines not all the headlines but it's for me it's just like a quick easy listen um as i run and or work out usually is when i listen to him so
1: but, well, as, far, as soon as you said james gunn's brother i was like ah he must mean badass billy gun i was like uh oh, no a different um, gun nope yeah. it's just my well, mother uh, he is- went straight to mr ass
0: in guardians he is uh the number two if you will to uh um so, uh, uh, yondu he's yondu's like number two he's the uh, in the second uh guardians he gets the the mohawk
1: Got you i i, I wasn't a massive fan of sacrament i wasn't a big fan of guardian of the galaxy so i really i wasn't no i i didn't mind it but i just wasn't overly taken by it i was i i was certainly wasn't a fan of the second one mine but um i recently actually compiled a list of the mcu movies like a ranking it was kind of off the cuff but i was requested to do it by a couple of buddies so i did that and guardians was quite low down that list i think actually jb wow. may be
0: disgusted at some of the choices on there in terms of the i'll send it to yeah. you later on i have my list on letterboxd so I'll, we can we can exchange lists
1: we can do and i think you'll fight me on some of mine but um wow. it was off the cuff but uh good selection there mine's been less well actually it was there was more than i remembered but obviously festival aside uh, I listen to Nightmare on Film Street, a horror movie podcast. Just, um, they do I say, do a versus thing. So two similar films versus so the, the pros and cons of each. And uh, I like listening to horror movie podcasts as I'm going to sleep. And also my buddy over at Oz Movie Geek, uh, Pato, Chris Patterson, listening to his film reviews as well. Uh, I check those out on the regular. And in terms of films, I watch Dog Soldiers. Uh, the other day, UK horror werewolf film, which is incredibly good, very indie but very funny. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, probably the greatest comedy of all time. And if anyone doesn't believe me, get out. Dumb and Dumber, I love that film. I, I unashamedly like, wet myself to be polite every time I see that film. And um, the Force Awakens, Star Wars Episode Seven, the Force Awakens. On the sessions, we've just dropped a an episode about Ray. Uh, so I went back to rewatch the force awakens to see how her origin in that. And also the force awakens is eminently rewatchable, good fun film. Uh, so the force awakens was what I was watching. And again, in these times when it's bloody hot, not much to do in terms of going out because some things are still closed. It's fun sometimes to watch comfort films like dog soldiers, dumb and dumber and the force awakens. So along with all the new films were being thrown, um, that we've, we're going to be mentioning in the next few weeks. It's nice to go back to some of the old like pleasures. So those are the th- three films I've been watching and a couple of podcasts as well. Um, I mentioned it's hot. I mentioned it's a pandemic. But, you know, me and John, you know, we're, we're monoliths. You know, we're, we're, we're top men. Top men. And it's tough to stay this bloody awesome. So every week we're kind of having to find new ways to stay bloody awesome, to stay on top of our game. So JB, how on earth have you been staying bloody awesome in the last seven days?
0: So a little, uh, for the listener, we have a a shared Google doc that we use for like show notes. And all I put for mine this week was 943.
1: Yep. Do you know what that,
0: what that might mean, Matt? 943.
1: I actually now, I'm not, I won't spoil it, but I do know what it is because you messaged me the other day about something which you nearly did. And I'm assuming you've now surpassed that milestone.
0: So a goal of mine, when I started, I started running back in April um because of the pandemic and i couldn't go to the gym anymore so i needed to adjust so i have like a workout thing i do at home and i started running um or initially very very slowly it's jogging i guess to be accurate but um i would walk most of it and run a little and my uh, i started realizing hey I, I actually do this i'm gonna try to be a, a, a you know a short distance runner like a 5k runner um so every tuesday thursday and saturday for the last two months i've been running and one of my goals was to run a mile in under 10 minutes, something I've never done in my entire life. Not when I was in middle school or high school, when they made you, I was always slow. I've never been good at it. This morning, I ran a mile in nine minutes and 43 seconds. And uh, I owe uh, my editor at Berk Reviews, David, uh, who has been my friend for a long time. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, he he beat. Uh, he had never run it under 10 in it, off of a treadmill last time we ran together which was Thursday he he oh yeah he ran uh just just under 10 mm-hmm. um, and then this morning uh, we ran together and I had to keep pace with him so as um he's he's kind of been leading this charge in this over just over a year now we both have lost um well over a hundred pounds
1: just incredible
0: and uh we've now we're we're in probably the best shape we've ever been in in our life because we were always kind of the chunky friends in our group um and so uh he kind of he he encouraged me the whole way across and um you know i i i feel like today he set the pace and i just refused to give up there were a few times where i wanted to quit i was like really having i'm like oh my god can i do it and then nine forty three. so not only did i beat the 10 minutes but i i 17 seconds faster than the 10 minutes. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, now the rest of our miles I did, I, I went five miles total, but our times are real bad on the other miles. So we, we, we burnt ourselves out with that first mile, but uh, you know um, that was a goal. I can now check that goal. My, my next goal is to run a 5k without stopping, you know, run the entire uh, uh, five kilometers or 3.1 miles without stopping um something i cannot do i can run the first mile without stopping and then i run walk the rest of it but i'd love to be able to just run straight through um that's my next goal so i have hit the big goal of you know getting the mile under 10 minutes now i want to be able to do uh you know i'm going to increase my time but you know hopefully run the whole three miles so but that's how i've been saying blade awesome what about you sir
1: well first off well done mate i know you've been waiting to do that for an awful long time and 17 seconds that isn't just passing that's smashing isn't it' that means yeah. if, if yeah. you if you just sit there and look at your watch for seventeen seconds it will feel like a lifetime and that's a hell of an achievement and it's just it doesn't matter about the other miles the fact that matters you've done it and running that 5 k or for us europeans three point one miles again, this is all the conditioning you need once you get that first mile done under ten minutes and condition yourself you'll you'll get there um i've used to be i used to be a runner so I know how hard it is, but to get a mile in under ten minutes is a hell of an achievement. And eventually, you'll be running everything in under in under ten minutes. Sorry, so, um, it was a hell of a start. So uh, well done, my friend. And um, my bloody awesome is something called ten minute workouts. So again, very similar to JB's in terms of um, keep looking after yourself and keeping happy, um, keeping healthy. But there's a dude online called Funk Roberts, what a man! Apparently, he's uh he used to be a a beach volleyball player he's also a tank so i built like a unit and i'm going youtube and he's got these 10 minute fat burning workouts um and whereas so i'm talking to the floridian hunk i am the uh, english chunk at the minute so i'm trying to uh better myself in that way and i've just found these things so i wanted to do something without going out to a gym something i could just do at home watch on youtube and i found this guy and it's 10 minute workout and i started it uh, the other day and it's a lot of fun it's a killer because it's called killer 10 minute workout and it is. But as I've just said to John, I mean, once the first week's done, it should hopefully become a lot easier and I shall end up looking like Funk Roberts, who is just chiseled. Um, and <laughs> absolutely like God of a man. So that's my goal, but yeah, very short and sweet. I like the workouts, but you've got to start somewhere and it's training yourself to eat better as well. And, um, get to the goal so my goal is just to look less round at the minute and i think by following these workouts i'm gonna get there so john smashed the uh 10 minute mile and i'm smashing the well, my gut so uh we're staying bloody awesome by keeping fit
0: do you need um any uh weights or anything for the workouts he's giving or is it all like uh, free, like body weight
1: it's no so he, he says basically all you need is a, a fitness mat but um, if you've got a carpeted floor, you'll be just fine. So no, it's all it's it's all um like cardiovascular and things like that. So
0: oh, very nice,
1: a lot of fun. So if anyone out there wants to try it, I'm not uh, sponsored by him, but he looks rich. So if you want to, you can sponsor me or the show if you wouldn't mind the uh, funk. So that kind of wraps up our episode of the bloody awesome movie podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed our preview as I mentioned of Fantasia Fest. Do go check it out, um, if and when you can. But um, next week then, we mentioned we're going to be speaking about the reviews. The embargoes on the following are lifted, so we're going to give reviews, non-spoiler, of, of Lapsis, Crazy Samurai Musashi, The Columnist, uh, Fried Barry, and uh, Sleep as well, so the German film I mentioned. So four of our picks, four of our nine picks, are uh, we're going to be spilling the beans on next week. So tune in to see if we liked those films at all. Uh, hopefully we do, so fingers crossed. But before that then, If you want to find us online, you can do on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast at B-A-M-P underscore podcast. And on Instagram, John?
0: Bloody Awesome Movie Pod.
1: Keeping it simple. Facebook Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Uh, If you want to find me online, you can at what I watch tonight.co.uk. Just follow, uh, search What I Watch Tonight, sorry, across all the socials and you'll find me there. That does include... Letterboxd as well where me and john are going to fight over the mcu rankings and uh, where can the world find you john
0: i'm at Burke reviews on of those same social media platforms and of course burkereviews.com.
1: Yep, and if you have a spare 30 seconds in your busy lifestyles uh, and you want to rate and review the show if you love us please do on your podcast provider of choice a five-star review and rating on apple Podcasts helps the show an awful lot and on all the other shows as well it gets us out there helps the show grow And it means we get to engage with more of you guys on a weekly basis, which is something as film fans and as humans, we don't mind doing whatsoever. So if you have a spare 30 seconds, please do consider it. But with that, as always stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies.